Good day, women. Just wanted to say hello and welcome to another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women talk about stuff. And we're back. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. In today's episode, I have the privilege of interviewing Taylor, who is 19 and also happens to be my daughter. Enjoy our episode together. All right, good afternoon, all. I've got Taylor with me here, and Taylor is actually my daughter, which is one of the biggest blessings of my life, and that it will be an episode for another time, how that all came to be. But I wanted to let you know that I asked her if uh, she wanted to be identified as my daughter or wanted me just to interview her as a 19-year-old, and she said, no, definitely as your daughter. So... There you go. Taylor's 19 years old, and I have known her almost the entire time. Now, why have I not known her the whole time? That's because Taylor is adopted. As young as she is, she hasn't always had it easy and has had many challenges to work through. Yet, she is vivacious, social, energetic, and very loving. So here are some ways we can get a peek into who she is. So Taylor, I've got some different little questions for you that you can answer for me if you would. Okay. Three, three words that describe you. That's hard. <laughs> um, well, loving, compassionate, Hardworking. Very nice. Very nice. And what's one of the scariest things you've ever done? Um, gosh, it's really difficult. Really, any confrontation that I've had with someone that I don't like is probably the scariest thing I've ever done. Okay. Like having that fear of them not knowing like what they're going to do. Okay. So emotional and almost physical kind of concern. Is that what you're expressing? Yeah. Okay. Gosh, I hope there aren't too many of those. What's something not many people know about you? Um, that I don't like chocolate. I I really can't eat straight chocolate. It just does not taste good to me. (laughs) Well, that is a fun little fact, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And what are you most passionate about? My love for kids automatically. Which you probably already know that. Well, I do know that, but I love hearing that you you still have that. That's beautiful. What in your life brings you the most joy? 
Can, Can I, I say, say two, two things? things? Of course. Okay. Um, well, my husband and my dog. <laughs> my dog brings me so much joy. He's just a little bundle of joy. He's so cute. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about your husband and about your dog? Okay. Well, uh, they don't know me. So since I am 19, I got married since being 19, um, to a wonderful man named Zach. He is the best thing to ever happen to me. He has been with me through so many trials, which I'm sure you're going to ask later and you'll find out. Um, but it's just been a whirlwind and it's been amazing. And he's just so supportive. Um, my dog is a rescue. His name is Bosco. He is the cutest thing on this earth. He is so cute. Um, he has a lot of energy, loves to run around and to talk to you um, and howls at you. Yeah, he's very fun. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, those are the things that are bringing you joy. And especially in this time when we have to be sequestered at home, it's nice that you have your dog and Zach, when Zach isn't working, to, to be there to be a source of comfort and joy for you. Where do you find your worth? Um, you know, self-worth is a very difficult thing for me. It's, it's very hard for me when I'm looking on Instagram and seeing all these beautiful people and comparing myself, it's, it's still a challenge for me to know my self-worth and to know that, um, I'm okay and I'm good enough and all of that right now. I think I find it definitely through my husband. Um, a little bit from God, but mostly through my husband right now because he's just constantly with me when he's not at work and he constantly reminds me that I'm enough and that I'm beautiful and that I don't have to be a stick to be gorgeous, you know. That's wonderful. You have a husband like that that's so affirming and supportive and really helps you know your worth. I love that. What is one of the wisest things anyone has ever said to you? It's a little nugget of wisdom that you hang on to. Oh, goodness. That's really hard. I've had, like, so many. Um... Love yourself first before mm -hmm. loving others. Mm, that is good, isn't it? That's that oxygen mask thing, what they tell you on the plane, right? You have to have the oxygen mask on your own face first. Yeah. That is very wise. What makes you laugh? Animal videos. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just like really anything where like a cat or a dog is talking to you and they're just super energetic. I think it's just so funny. Or where dogs are running on linoleum and they slide and they just can't. They can't control it. I just think it's super funny. Yeah, the unexpected. That's great. How do you have fun? Well, right now in quarantine, it's really hard to have fun. But when I'm not in quarantine, I really like going to the beach um, because it's really fun. Um, I like to walk my dog because when I can walk him, he gets just so excited and um, get I get to see him really like play because... That's really both of our only outside time right now is just the walks that I give him. So that's really fun for me. You're a beach girl. Yeah. You grew up being a beach girl. All right. Thank you for answering those questions and so that we could get to know you just a little bit better. That brings us to the topic that you had a few topics that you wanted to discuss. And one of them is the fact that you have gone in a, a different direction from many of your peers, those that you went to, to school with. You chose at 19 to get married. So tell us about that. Well, um, it started off as me having my own apartment. And, well, it was just, it was really difficult to find a job at that time. And I was like, well, I was lonely and I didn't really have anyone at that time. So I decided to download Tinder. And um, if you don't know what that is, it's a dating app for young people to meet each other and to see if you're better off as friends or if you'd rather date. And so I met this guy and I swiped on him. His name was Zach. Um, when he first came over, he was a little weird. Um, he was really nervous and to meet me and most of the night we just got to know each other and just spent like, we stayed up till 2am, I think just talking and getting to know each other. And then we dated for a while and I think I knew he was the one when I saw how he was at a Toby Mac concert. And I saw how he's not very religious. And so when I saw him really enjoying the music and really feeling it, I think that was when I was like, okay, this is, this is the one. Wow. Because I got very emotional and he just hugged me and told me it was going to be okay. And he's just perfect. I can't even explain it. it. It was a very tough decision for me because I knew that I wanted to get married a certain way and I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted a wedding. I wanted um, just all my family there and I wanted everyone to know, but I had to make a decision. I couldn't pay rent. I couldn't live in that apartment by myself. Him being in the military, if you get married, you get extra money and extra, extra stuff to help you move into an apartment um, with your spouse if you got married. 
So we had a tough decision to make. I said, I don't really know you that well, but I really do feel very strong feelings for you. And I think that we should do it. And he said, well, okay. So are so you saying did. that you, you sort of brought it up to him or? He brought it up to me. He decided, he asked me if I would even consider doing this just at that time. It was for the sake of me not having a place to live, mm -hmm. which then grew to me falling deeply in love with him and not even remembering what my life was like without him. Mm, that's beautiful. So what's it like being married at 19? Well, it's uh, it's very difficult at some points, and it's very easy at some points. For me, I'm stuck at home a lot, um, clean, cleaning, cooking, uh, feeding the dog, walking him, you know, all that stuff. It's a lot of chores, but it's just so rewarding when I get to see him come home, and he just tells me every single day, I'm so happy to come home to you. So it's, it's very rewarding, but it's also very hard, and you have to have a lot of patience. Well, you're learning a lot of things firsthand, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned some hard parts and then the, some parts that you're really enjoying. What advice would you give to another young woman who is considering getting married? Um, you have to know. You have to really know if he's the one, if he is good for your mental health, if he supports you in everything, if you got into trouble and had to go somewhere and had to go to the hospital, would he leave work to come and take you? Would he sacrifice stuff for you? You have to know all of these things before you get married, because if he's not willing to do any of that, he's not the one. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to, well, I actually have one more question before we change topics. How do you picture your life in five years? Oh, gosh. So you'd be 20, I think I would 24. probably be pregnant. <laughs> What's that? I think I would probably be pregnant oh, in, in five, five years. years. Okay. I think I might be pregnant. Um, I might have a house. Okay. Um, with a big backyard and a Bosco. <laughs> and your doggy. Yes. Wonderful. Well, you mentioned a little earlier that you had been sick a couple different times during this quarantine, coronavirus, COVID-19. Now, you did not have the coronavirus. You did not test for positive for COVID-19. Yeah. You had been married only six weeks, and then you were hospitalized three different times. That yeah. must have been very scary, especially during this time that we're in right now. Tell us about what you went through. Okay, well, I, so he had left for work this one day, and normally I get up and I do my thing, and I wash my face and all that, and I got up and I felt this s surging pain, like throbbing in my stomach. And I had no idea what it was. And I was like, well, it's, it's probably like maybe I'm hungry 
or maybe I'm thirsty or something, something other than like a serious something, you know? And when I got up, I collapsed on the ground Mm. and I was in so much pain. I couldn't think I couldn't do anything. So I reached for my phone and I called my husband and he answered and he said, what's wrong? You never call, like you never call me when I'm going to work. And I said, I can't move. Can you come home? And since the whole coronavirus thing, they were really worried. So they let him off work and he rushed home and we went to the hospital and I was scared out of my mind. I had no idea what was going on. I was in pain. I Tylenol wasn't working. Nothing was working and I couldn't ease the pain. And so when we got to the hospital, I was scared because like they have coronavirus people in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like they're there. And so I was like, oh my God, I can't, I, I just needed to sit down. And so we got there. I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. Zach's going to be with me, right? No, he's not allowed to go inside there with me. Of course not. And so I had to do this all by myself. I've never done that before. Never once have I gone to the doctor by myself, let alone the emergency room. So I went in there and I went through check-in and then I sat down and they told me they had to take my blood. I'm not a fan of needles at all. It was very scary. I hated it. I wiggled around. She had to like pin my arm down. So anyway, we get to the hospital bed because it was a long wait and they they put me in for, I don't know what that's called, a sonogram, a sonogram. And after the results of everything, like them giving me a CAT scan, sonogram, all of that stuff, after they're done with everything, they tell me that they couldn't find anything. And my heart just went flat I was like are you serious like after all the pain that I went through you you tell me that you can't find anything and so they just gave me nausea pills and basically sent me home I was like well okay um so I laid low and it was okay for I think 48 hours and then I had to go back and it was the same thing. They hooked me up to the same stuff. They they took my blood again, and they told me <laughs> the same thing, that they gave me stronger pills. They gave me more painkillers, and it was just so hard because I had no idea what was going on in my body. On the last visit, they told me that they think it's an ulcer and that they thought I should go actually be hospitalized in a real hospital for days at a time and that never happened because I spent that that entire night in the hospital I did not get home till five o'clock a.m I was checked in at probably nine nine o'clock p.m so it was just really rough and (laughs) poor Zach spent all of those days in that car on FaceTime with me the entire time telling me (laughs) that it's going to be okay and 
he stayed up all night for me, drove me back, and made up the bed. He was just so supportive. It was it was crazy to think that we had just gotten married and now we're going in the hospital. Well, I mean, from a mother's point of view, and I think I can speak for your dad as well, we were extraordinarily impressed that this young man that, you know, we still don't even know him that well, but that he would voluntarily, willingly, lovingly sit in a car for hours on end to be as close to you as he possibly could. And I even talked to him on the phone and said, Zach, if you, you know, need to go to work or if you need to go home, I mean, that's okay. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be right here. And it was like, wow. Yeah. That's some impressive, yeah, that's some impressive stuff. That's really speaks, I think, to some great things in his character and, we are really looking forward to getting to know him more because, you know, this is all very new. You got married in March. It's now just the beginning of May and it's all, it's all new. I have to tell you though about a situation that happened when I had come back from getting married. It was just, it was a lot for me to take in, you know, And, of course, we didn't have any money. We were just broke. And so I'm already, like, stressing out about, like, not having any money from getting married because it was a lot. And I come home, and I'm just, I'm ready. Like, I I showed up at my house. This was, like, I still had my apartment. And so I showed up at my house, and my sister was there. And just her reaction to what I had done like I gotten married without telling anyone her reaction was probably the most awful thing I've ever had to deal with in my life just the crushing pain that I felt from her saying like well we don't even know you like oh this is my brother like she's just so sarcastic and so just unloving that I just was like so hurt and just just know if you get married that you just you got to tell people because <laughs> they might get hurt and then they might lash out at you. So it's just like. So your takeaway from that experience is that you wish you had told her in, in advance. Is that what you're saying? So that she wouldn't have had those hurt feelings. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because I honestly I don't want her to be hurt. I love her with everything that I have, I still talk to her to this day. Nothing bad happened. It just was the fact that like, like I even made a post about it on Instagram. I was just, I was, I still said like, Hey, I'm going to have a wedding later. We need to save up money so that we can, you know, so that we still, and we need to get through this quarantine thing. No way. There's no way I can have people go to a place all together, especially during quarantine, you know, Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like it's a matter of being patient and then also a matter of being respectful to each other and um like respecting my decision this is what I wanted to do with my life you know right so yeah well it sounds like you worked it out we never did talk about it but I guess we both kind of ignored it well and it also sounds like 
you got a lot from it and that because these are such different times, you decided to do kind of a different kind of a thing than, who knows, you may, may have ordinarily done. It's hard to, it's hard to say. You, you can't, you know, you, it's very hard to pretend you went down one road when you didn't go down that road. You went down the road, you went down, and this is, you know, how it's unfolding. Yeah, I think I made the right choice for me in that moment. Right. Because I, I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't, hadn't said yes, if I hadn't done all this. But for right now, my life's pretty good. So Now, and so me being one of your parents, how do you feel like your parents have reacted? And um, do you have any advice for pe young people whose parents might have different reactions? Well, I don't know how their parents would react. I, I assume that probably the normal reaction would probably be a little bit upset. But since you guys were so supportive, it made it like so much easier. Um, it, it was nice to have the support of my parents on my back and to know that they really did think this person was good for me and that they thought that he was going to help me a lot. So um, my advice would probably be if you know your parents are going to react bad, don't tell them <laughs> or, or, or tell them in a way that you, you know won't upset them because no one has got better parents than me in that reaction because oh, <laughs> I know nobody, so else, nobody else's parents would ever react that way. They would never be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> They'd be like, no, you're 19. You're not getting married. But, yeah. So. Well, I'm sure there are some parents out there that would be supportive. And we know that Zach's mom has been very supportive as well. But we haven't, we talk, we yeah. haven't met her yet. She's in Georgia, but she's been very supportive. So We talk every day. And me and Zach are planning a trip out there. Are you? Yeah. We have to wait, obviously, till quarantine stops, but... Um, we're planning a trip because he has days that he can take off, like leave. Mm -hmm. And so last time I checked, he had a week off. So it'll probably be around like three weeks in Georgia, which will be cool because I've met his family on FaceTime and I have all of them on Facebook. So I talk to them like on a daily basis. How fun. That's yeah. great. You're being loved on both sides. That's wonderful. Yeah. You also mentioned wanting to discuss depression. Yeah. Um, where, where do you think that comes from, the root of that? It's really hard these days to be a girl. I'm just being completely honest. It's very difficult um, to be a 19-year-old or 18 or 17 or 16, you know, because at the root of it, this is the prime time in your life when everyone is telling you who you should be. Everyone is telling you what you should wear, what you should look like. You're too fat. You're too skinny. That's showing too much. That's showing too little. All of it. Why are you wearing a sweatshirt outside? It's 90 degrees out. Like everyone is judging you constantly, constantly telling you who you should be. You should be this person. You should not be yourself. 
And it hurts because I'm just trying to live my life. I'm just trying to be myself and to have people tell you not to. It just hurts really bad. Well, and that's what this podcast is really all about is, is being unabashedly you, being you without apology. So I, I love everything you've said. Do you feel like you are getting better at not listening to the external voices of, of social media or other influences that are telling you you need to be this way, look this way, act this way, do this thing, whatever it is? I think I'm getting better. I think that when I'm with my husband, I don't use my phone as much. Like, I don't look at it. And so it's easier to just be in the moment and be present and not have those things lingering in the back of my mind saying, well, maybe he could get someone skinnier. Maybe he could get someone better for him. Maybe we're not perfect, you know? And that stuff is is not mostly saying that we're perfect, but that I'm that half that is bringing us down. And it's easy to forget when he is right next to me and he's telling me that he loves me and that I'm his everything. But when he leaves for eight or nine or ten hours, I'm left by myself to think. And that's when it gets bad. How do you cope with that? Bosco. Bosco is a very good distraction because he's very loud and (laughs) crams out all of that extra noise in my brain. Well, I hope also that you would learn to sort of try on the different thoughts you have and decide what's truth and what is not truth. Yeah. And discard the stuff that's not truth. It's also hard because as like a young girl, I was just so used to having this fast metabolism where I could eat literally anything I wanted and nothing would happen. And now as I'm getting to be 19, everything is catching up, you know, and I'm having to work harder on my eating and having to work harder on on all of this other stuff that I wasn't used to before. That is a change. That is a change. You went through a period in your life and your younger years where they wanted us to feed you even more, like put ice cream in your milk and do all these things so that you, you know, put some weight on you. I was having some eating disorders. Yes. In my younger years, it was very hard. I don't, I don't really, I didn't know that. Well, it was okay. So the years that you're talking about are younger than what I'm talking about. Like middle school, I eating disorders all the way through cutting, all of that stuff, all the way through that. And that was when I was being bullied severely. And so since then, I haven't really, the bullying is still there at 19, but it's, it's not as bad because I've learned to block the people or I've learned to 
ignore them or all that stuff. So it's become a lot easier, but it still lingers. Right. Well, you've found some very good healthy ways to cope, it sounds like. When you say you had an eating disorder, did, did you consider yourself uh, bulimic or anorexic? Or how would you describe your eating disorder? It was definitely anorexic. Um, I just, I chose not to eat. Like, I would, I would be hungry and I'd be like, you know, you're too fat. You can't go eat that. Because those people would tell me that I was fat. Which, you know from pictures, I was the skinniest girl out there. Like, there was no one skinnier than me. I, I just saw a picture of myself um, from Sienna, one of my friends. She sent it to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was not fat at all. I was so skinny. And it goes right back to the truth versus a lie, right? Yeah, and it was, I just realized that I wasted those years so much, I could have been so happy. I could have been so much more happy. Well, the good news is you know that when you know better, you do better, right? Definitely. Yeah, that's good. And look at that. You learned that at 19. That's pretty fantastic. There are a lot of people much older than that who still don't know that. That's pretty impressive. Any final thoughts? Well, I don't know. Uh, Life's hard sometimes. It is. You got to work through it. You got to breathe. You got to, you can get through it. That's right. That's right. That's very good advice. You can't get through it. Breathe. Those are just great, great tools and things you can actually do. Not just, oh, that's great advice that's floating out there. It's like, no, you can stop. You can breathe. How many times did we try to get you to breathe? (laughs) So many times. I just was fighting it so much. But isn't it fascinating that there really is not just a psychological component, because there is, but there's a physical component that goes behind slowing your breath down just really causes the whole body to just slow down. And then it's so much easier to deal with the stress at hand or whatever it is. I'm just very grateful that you, um, that's something that you incorporate into, you know, the hard times because there's it's the only way. It's the only way. <laughs> Cause I, I, just would end up screaming my head off if I couldn't breathe. <laughs> well, it's just like I can't. <laughs> um, I'm glad you have that. Do you have any more questions for me? No, I don't. I think this has been wonderful. I'd love to have you on again at some point. Maybe you'll think yeah. of some other things that you would want to talk about. But I, I'm just very um, pleased and impressed with. Um, the things that you've learned already being on your own, which, you know, you've kind of had a crash course in, in adulthood, right? It's it's still going. It's, yeah, it's, still, it's going. still a crash course. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you're not done. But I, I think it's so fascinating that this choice that you made that we were like, oh, gosh, I hope this goes well. 
<laughs> you know, sort of it, fingers crossed on the sideline, lots of prayers heading up heavenly, heavenward. But but that here you are in real time learning all of these life skills, and you're you're doing it well, and we are so glad that you are. I think God doesn't give us more than we can handle because God, that's like a life motto for me right now with everything I've been through. And to think that, oh my God, like one of, one of the girls that I was talking about to you, Kayleen, she was trying to bully me and I just was thinking back to when I was in the hospital. Like, are you kidding me? Like, God's throwing this at me too. Like, there's there's nothing more that I can't handle than being in the hospital. You know, that was probably that was the down. That was the worst point of my life, and it only went up from there. Mm-hmm. It's just it makes it so much easier to ignore people when they're trying to bring you down when you've been through so much already. Right. And like we've talked about, why give them the power? Why give them that that energy? You, you know, better. To I took the them. nice way out. Yeah, high road, right? I, I took the high road. I high was road. like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna fight this. I'm not gonna be rude. I'm gonna say, okay, you were my friend, but if you're deciding to choose them over me, then that's okay. That's okay. I'm. I have friends. I have. My husband, I have my family. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. I don't need to give you attention. All you want is attention. Right. A negative attention is not really very healthy anyway. It's not. It's annoying and it becomes bothersome. Now, you brought up something that's really interesting. I, I talked to, I think I talked about this on another episode. And, um, and it's so obviously okay to disagree. I think we have different views on if God gives you more than you can handle. Because I would say, yes, God definitely gives you more than you can handle. No, with him. There you go. That And I, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would say. I would say he gives you more. He, you know, I don't know, give, allow. I mean, that that's a whole, not, that's a whole other podcast. But... <laughs> Yeah. When you have more than you can handle, you recognize your need for him. And Definitely. and if you're fortunate enough to have that relationship, then you can lean in and be like, oh, can't do this one on my own. Really need you. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's been happening more lately. Well, good. I'm happy to hear it. Well, my dear, thank you so much for being a guest on the Unabashed You podcast. And what a treat and a blessing it was to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. All right. Thank you, my dear. I shall talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Definitely. Bye. Bye, Thank you to Taylor for being my guest in this episode of Unabashed You. I am impressed with the woman and the wife she is becoming. Like many, though, she had some very rough teenage years. No doubt some of you can relate. Women, you've got many choices that compete for the hours in each day. Thank you for spending some time with us. It is a privilege indeed. 
You can find us at unabashedu.com where there will be a corresponding blog post for each episode with further thoughts and info or through email at unabashedu at gmail.com. We welcome your insights and questions. Come be a part of the conversation.